It's been said that nothing is more financially educational and entertaining than the total financial hour, except possibly two total financial hours. <gasps> you don't mean? Yep. The Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby is now two hours, Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Oh my gosh! Great Scott! Learn about your financial power. The Total Financial Hour, uh, two hours with host Arif Halaby, Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on AM 870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halavi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. Total financial hey, welcome to the show, the Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thanks for being with me on AM870 The Answer. All right, I'm going to start off by giving you the phone number so I don't forget. And you can write it down 888 retire. That's 888 Four, seven. Hey, buckle up. We're going to have a lot of information. It's going to have a lot of meat. So take some notes if you can, if at least scratch paper, something off to the side so you can do your own research. Listen, we always tell you goal of radio shows or maybe even online video lo- uh, blogs or something. It's for you to get more information, to do more homework, to find out what works for you. I mean, you understand that television shows and, and radio shows, they can't tell you what to do with your money because there's a lot of other questions to ask. So I want to encourage you to do your research. It's part of the reason why uh, I was mentioning to somebody earlier today, you know, working with Dennis Prager and Larry Elder, I think it took Dennis, what, six or eight months to decide if, if we were the right people to work with simply because they do certain vetting, they ask a lot of questions, and then that, the responses and then more questions, they have to meet with you. He wants to meet with you a couple of times uh, before he even kind of goes down that road. Uh, and... Oh, I only have 15 minutes, which turned into two and a half hours of talking and discussing and learning and, you know, joking. I mean, everything. This is important because in your financial life, a financial professional should have both things. And that is possible. They should have a knowledge of what they're selling, what their services are, what their products are. But they should also be somebody decent that you can talk with that has similar values. This is important when you're trying to understand what the future is, in my opinion, of California laws and rules and pension plans. So I want to start with this. You might have heard me mention symbolism over substance. And we have seen that before with the Democrat Party. We've seen that before with lefties, right? I don't mean liberals because, you know, in some things, I don't know. I think free speech is a good thing. I guess that's a liberal value. It's not a progressive value. Tyranny. Right, right. Shoving things down your face when it comes to, oh, you made money. Oh, you're successful. You must have done it wrong. We're going to take from you. Oh, wait, you saved money. You worked two jobs. You delayed buying the new car. You didn't take the fancy vacation. You might have just drove up the coast or or out to Palm Springs. You did everything you were supposed to do so that you could save for your children's college. And you did. And now Elizabeth Warren thinks that she can get in and write a check. And she's going to literally buy your vote. And she's going to saddle the people who did the right thing, who saved their own money, 
who deferred their retirement in some cases didn't retire because they died before they could retire. But they saved money so that their kids could attend and so that at the end, the guy who played around and did everything and, and, and blew his money and took the trips and said, tough luck, kid, figure it out on your own. That person is going to end up the same? I mean, I don't know, right? Decent and indecent. That's what I'm talking about. I don't mean fair and unfair. I don't like that word. I think that's kind of a yucky word to me. Because when you say the word fair, it, it depends on on who's saying the word fair, right? If I said, hey, eating at that restaurant is expensive. Well, for who? A person who makes minimum wage? Or for, I don't know, a billionaire, right? right? Jeff Bezos, is it too expensive for him? No, of course not. He'd buy the restaurant. So when you say the word, it's too expensive, you have to finish what that means. It's too expensive for me based on my income and my values. Somebody else says, I am willing to spend that money and I make less money than Arif does and I don't find it expensive at all. The value is worth it. Now that we're clear on that, follow me for a minute. You guys are going to be going to the polls coming up and you're going to start being inundated with all of these crazy propositions and they're going to drop in proposition, blah, 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 the safe water for children that are minorities, immigrants that are refugee act. And you're like, oh, it's for the children. I think, I think I'm going to vote for that. Wait, wait, did you say it's for the children? What about clean air? Oh, yeah, it's for the children that want to drink clean water and breathe clean air that are immigrants that have, there are also, you know, there's old people. We're going to help. I mean, I mean, do you get it? They lie to you. I don't, I don't mean, listen, I, when I, the, a couple of times ago, I spoke to Dennis. I said, you know, I wonder if the left is just misunderstood. He goes, Arif, they are liars. I mean, it was almost as if he was perturbed with me because he said, Arif, you're a smart guy. You need to understand this. It isn't like, oh, they think blue is better than green or up is better than down. No, no, no. They are telling you up is down. They are telling you blue is actually green. Things that you hear with your own ears, see with your own eyes, and they are lying to you. I go, wow. So we started doing some research. So let's talk about this. Proposition 65. Remember that? Millions of dollars was spent on ads. Proposition 65. It's cancer. It's for the children, pregnant ladies. Uh, it's, it's old people. Proposition 65, what is that? Well, all you have to do is go into any building, anywhere. And it says there's chemicals known to the state of California that might cause cancer. What? So what? What, what are you eating the plastic? Well, no, Arif, the, the fumes that come off of the linoleum floor. Surprise, who, who thought that was a good thing? You just, I mean... You need a sign? So what did they do? Oh, they all clapped. Yay, we're going to be warned when we have chemicals known to the state of California. So they put these signs everywhere. They put them in restaurants, gas stations, hotels. They're put in office buildings. They're put in the police department, in prisons. They put these signs everywhere. Because if you forget, who wins with this proposition? The lawyers. They said, oh, listen, we found that you use plastic trash bags, and because of that, there are chemicals inside of those trash bags that are emitted at 0. 0.00 millionth of a uh, milligram per hour, whatever, baloney, right? And so what happens? It was only, you guys, it was only, not 96%, 100%, it was only for the lawyers. You own a transmission shop? You forgot to put up a sign? We sue you. Uh, oh, wait, do you own a daycare? Uh, we sue you. 
Where's the sign? Well, listen, I was dropping my kid off and I didn't see the sign. Well, that's because it's behind the flag. Well, then you got to put it in another place. We sue you. And many of you, good-hearted, decent human beings, you guys bought into that. It's for the children. We need to, if this is schools, it's going to help us buy books. Excuse me, there are billions, with a B, billions of dollars that go through the lotto system every year. That was supposed to be for the kids. Wait, you told me it was for the children. That's why we voted for a lotto 25 years ago, whatever it was. No, no, no. What they did is they stole money from the schools, replaced it with the lotto, and spent that money in other places. Listen, look, you can say, it doesn't matter, I like the lotto. You can say, it doesn't matter, I like... I'm okay with that. Clarity. Truth. You figure it out, and at the end, if you win, I like it. If you think... You know, Italian food is better than Mexican food, and, and that's your thing. Go for it, man. I'm okay with you. But don't call Italian food Chinese food. I mean, can I make this any clearer? Because some of you decided that you were going to run along and, and say, oh, I need to vote for straws. Plastic straws, they're evil. Without doing any homework, you're like, oh, wait, there's a, there's a picture of a turtle who's swimming with a straw sticking out of its ear. And you go, wait a second, it must be bad. They didn't tell you that that was in the Philippines or in China or in Vietnam, or somewhere where we don't control the laws. Or they say it's about recycling. And they forget to tell you that when you recycle, the cost can be as much or more. So you took away all of these jobs for people that made the straws, that transported the straws, that worked at the gas stations, that filled up the trucks, that transported the straws, the hair salon where the the man who drove the truck, his wife got her hair done, none of them can now get paid. Because a politician now needs to feel like they checked a box. Whew, I feel good. Whew, I'm done for the weekend. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to ban plastic bags next. No. Nobody will go for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the deal. We're going to convince them to take plastic bags into the grocery store, but they have to be made of bamboo. Nobody will buy that. No, no, no. This is what we're going to do. It's for the children. Like, what? Oh, yeah. It's for the children and it's for turtles. Children, turtles, and you got to picture that duck. Get the duck with the thing around its neck. Do you have a whale that's eating a plastic bag? That's all I need. Just give me something. And so they go researching, and they find it, and they ban plastic bags, and you guys voted for it. And you think by you taking a, a, a cloth bag into your favorite grocery store, 17 of these as they roll up your arm, and you walk into the grocery store, and you forget that a little piece of whatever organic matter from your vegetable shopping days was stuck on the bottom and has turned into botulism or has turned into other bacteria that's going to get on the rest of your food. Uh, oh, wait. No, 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 Irv. We wash these plastic... Uh, sorry, we wash these, these cotton bags. Okay, got it. So let me back up. Did you say we had a water shortage or we didn't? Because I'm confused here. So now I'm washing something I never had to wash before. Well, it's not as much. I mean, let's... Okay, all right. Then let's not place symbolism over substance. Here's a great example. This week, Wednesday, I get a phone call. 8.32 in the morning. Hi, Arif. This is so-and-so from the Victim Advocacy Group for the County of Los Angeles. I said, hello? What, what are you talking about? He said, yes, I'm giving you a courtesy call. I said, I'm not sure what you're talking about. What can I help you with? And she said, well, you reported a crime a few months back. Well, literally it was five months ago. 
Okay, got it. What was, uh, remind me? Oh, yes. So here's what happened, guys. Let me back up. I'm driving to work in the backside of my office on the street before I pull into the parking lot. There was a homeless guy with his pants at his ankles and his hands below his waist. We'll leave it at that. Well, literally on the middle of the sidewalk. And the reason this caught my attention was because two young ladies were walking with backpacks. They were going to school. Were walking behind him, coming up to him. In other words, right now they didn't see anything, but in a minute they would. And so I honked my horn to maybe get him to, to be shocked. And the two young ladies looked at me as they continued to walk by. Basically, I drew their attention away. And it wasn't my intention, but that's what happened. They, they looked to the left as this guy was off to my right. And he didn't change his behavior one bit, whether I honked the horn or yelled at him and nothing. And the two young ladies walked by him. So I park, call the police. The police come. They arrest this guy. They say, yes, you guys know the story. This isn't news to you. They said, yes, we've had countless problems with him all over town doing the same thing. I said, well, then I want to make a citizen's arrest. I don't, I don't care. Whatever, whatever you got to do, whether it's a felony or misdemeanor, I think he needs to go to jail. Okay. They take him to jail. One court case continued. Another court case uh, he pled guilty, but he's going to a mental hospital. Great. All right. Now, fast forward Wednesday morning. The phone call comes. It says, yes, we're here to tell you that the, the suspect uh, served his time and he's out of jail. Uh, I said, jail? Well, well, really, he was released from the mental hospital on January 3rd. I said, what? January 3rd. I said, it's January 29th. What? She said, well, I just got the word. I said, this is the most worthless call. She said, well, we're the victim advocacy group. I said, I mean, you seem like a nice lady. Of course, to do what you do, this is a special person. I get it. But you understand this is 100% worthless. It means nothing, nothing to to the victim. In fact, it cost me money to pay for you and your pension. I told her this. I said, you realize you and your colleagues, whoever decided that, It was a good idea to have a victim advocacy group and call the person 26 days later as if you were doing me a favor. Oh, oh, guess he's coming out of jail. I better take precautions. Well, yeah, 26 days ago. So all of you voted for something. We have this huge bureaucracy of people making hundreds of, well, I don't know. There's probably a supervisor making 200,000 a year and layers of supervisory uh, positions below them to this person that I spoke with. Together, no question, I'm guessing, Two million a year. It's my job. It's kind of what I do. I deal with these salaries. Listen, I'm telling you, they are nice people. Good people. I probably couldn't do that job. The, the pain that, that you have to hear from the victims is pretty substantial. But that wasn't my case. She said, oh, yeah, I was told to call you just to kind of let you know as the witness and the victim because he knows who you are. Are you kidding me? 26 days later, what the mo- this is the most worthless conversation that I've ever had when it's come to crime. I said, ma'am, I don't know if you know, but I'm a retired Los Angeles policeman. So I used to put these guys in jail all the time. But for the last 24 years, 25 years, I've been a financial professional. This is my job. So I don't know. Maybe things have changed. It's been a long time since I've been on the street. But you can't tell me that a victim advocacy group that notifies a victim 26 days later, can you say, and I told her this, can you say symbolism over substance? 
And she said, I can feel your frustration. I said, ma'am, it's not my frustration. I'm not frustrated. I said, but let me explain something to you. You and your colleagues, to a person in the last two years, 100% of my L.A. County employees that have retired that are clients, 100% of them retire outside of California. I said, you see, people vote, and civil servants usually vote to the left. They like the free stuff. Everybody wants more benefits, give me more pension, whatever. And at the end, I said, ma'am, this is exactly what I'm going to talk about on the radio this week. Symbolism over substance. Everybody can feel good. They check a box. And then they ask what you want for lunch. Let's go get a latte. I made six victim advocacy. I'm a little stressed. Why? I made six victim advocacy calls today. One was only two years old. (laughs) Really? I mean, come on. I share this with you guys so that you can understand that the system in the state of California, when it comes to anything related, especially money, especially money, is never going to be fixed until it collapses. Now, I don't know what collapse looks like. Maybe all of you that are receiving pensions are going to get two-thirds of their money. Maybe some of you are going to say it's going to be more or less. I I don't know. I can tell you when we, after the uh, after the break here, uh, we're going to talk about the pension system. We have latest numbers from CalPERS, Public Employee Retirement System, and let me tell you that CalSTRS, which is the state teachers' retirement system, they're kind of mirror images of each other. There are two separate systems. Uh, I think you're going to be shocked. I, I mean, I don't I don't know, but I think you will, because I believe there's going to be a huge problem coming down the line, and people are not going to fix it until it's too late. Because everybody wants to feel like they're doing something and nobody wants to address the real problem. Because everybody feels good and everybody wants to feel good. The left thinks racism is the thing. So what do they do? Racism, racism, everybody's a racist, right? They used to, that was the most evil word you could call somebody. If somebody was a racist, that's it. Even if they told you what time it was, you would double check. Even if they told you they like this kind of food, you probably wouldn't eat it. Why? Because racists like those food. I wouldn't, I don't know. They read that book. They go to that restaurant. We're not going there because a racist went there. So the left will run around. They'll say, racist, racist. And then what what do they do? They support segregation, different dorms and graduation for black students at all these Ivy League schools. These are supposed to be the most well-rounded individuals, quote, the elite, educated elite from all of the top Ivy League schools in the country and other schools. And they support segregation for black students. Black law school, different graduation. I mean, black dorms, different. Is that not, wouldn't Martin Luther King be a little bit upset? Just kind of a little, I'm just guessing. Right? Content of my character rather than the color of my skin. Why is it the state of California says it doesn't matter, guys, If you are a publicly traded company and you are headquartered in the state of California, we don't care if you have quality people. We don't care about the numbers. But you better have two out of the five must be women on your board. What? What does that have to do with one plus one? How about just get the best people on the board? Uh, Because you really think that human beings are always racist, always bigots, always chauvinistic. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I guess you guys have to. So what about the income inequality? It's economic inequality. 
You've heard me say this. I'll say it again. What about get up off your butt inequality? What about the laziness playing video games inequality? What about the get up in the morning before the sun rises inequality? Maybe that, ha- I don't know, just a guess. Maybe that has something to do with your paycheck inequality. Maybe the reason that I had any kind of success in my life is because I always had two or three jobs. Part-time jobs, off-duty when I was a policeman, countless off-duty jobs. Right? Why? Well, because I wanted my wife to be able to stay at home. She wanted to stay at home and raise our kids. I said, no problem. We will be a two-income family. I'll get two jobs. So at least one of us could be home with our child. That was our choice. Income inequality. They make it so small businesses, which you know, is the backbone of the United States economy. The mom and pop businesses, the small businesses, heaven forbid you grow beyond 50 employees, 50 employees in one minute. That's it. You now have all of this regulation, all of this cost. So what have my friends and people that I know that had 52, 53 employees when Obamacare comes along? They fired four of them. I, I mean, aren't, shouldn't you be sad for that? They fired him. Why? Because they said, either I have to hire 10 more people to break even, or I can fire four of them, pay some of the others overtime to do that four people's job, and I don't have to pay all the fees and penalties and fines. Economic inequality, that's interesting. We know for a fact, when you raise minimum wage on a job in which productivity did not change, in other words, if you paid me $10 an hour to flip hamburgers, when you pay me $12 or $15 an hour, I don't flip more hamburgers. I don't run faster or work faster. I don't flip more fries into the fryer. My my productivity, the ability for me to do what I do, there's a ceiling for it. There's a maximum amount of money that I can make per hour for my employer just because it's hamburgers. I mean, it's, it's not a trick. Or sweeping the floors or working in a factory, putting bolts into a plastic bag. There's just a I can only do so many of those per minute, per hour. But we think, because we use feelings, because we want to look good, because symbolism over substance matters, they address economic inequality with feelings. My favorite is the environment. You've seen this. Limousine liberals, I love it how they call that. What does that mean? It means these clowns that run around and talk about the environment, they tax you. They penalize you. And then what do they do? They have the largest homes. Remember Al Gore went on his speaking tour? The man made millions, tens of millions of dollars on his, the world was going to change by 20, what was it, 2010, and then by 2020 we should be underwater. All of it, a lie, hogwash, wrong. Instead of the media saying, we believed him and he's wrong, take a look at the facts. The facts, this is just your eyes. They allowed him as some environmental hero. Al Gore had the largest house in the state of Tennessee. He used more electricity than some small towns in his home in Tennessee. Can you understand when they fly in private jets, the cost for that jet for two people, four people? You know what? Fly first class. Fly at commercial airlines, but you know what? Go get first class. You, you want to pay for that $4,000 a ticket? You go do that. I'm okay with that. You earned your money. I don't care what you spend it on. But when you fly in a private jet and then you run around and say, I can't 
drive a nice car or a fancy car unless I have some sort of government rules on, on how many miles per gallon. Right? You think you care about the environment and you have homeless people on the streets of Los Angeles. Incredible amounts of homeless people who defecate and urinate in the gutters. Untreated sewage that goes in the Los Angeles River and has been documented to kill wildlife and goes out to sea where there are surfers and moms and dads playing in the surf with their children. And it is countless gallons hundreds if not thousands of gallons of raw sewage out into the bay in San Francisco from Oakland in San Francisco. Countless gallons of raw sewage, tens of thousands of gallons per year in Los Angeles that go down the LA River untreated. And you told me you cared about the environment when there are needles washing up on shore. I've seen it. You guys, I have been there. You need to take control of your financial life. When we come back, we're going to get into the change in pensions. Sorry this isn't as super uplifting, but gosh darn it, you guys are going to be voting, and you need to know. Total Financial Solutions, that's Arif Halaby. That's right here, TFS Financial Insurance Services. The Total Financial Hour, stay with me on AM870, The Answer. learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan for me, higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably Thanks to Arab Halaby Financial security will help you live the life you dream Learn about Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. Arab Halaby, the Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. Uh, look, I, I want you to be thinking about these things. I want you to not go through and just say, oh, if it's for the children, I'm voting yes. It's for Because this is the election season. Folks, your vote matters. Listen, when a lot of uh, Republicans uh, and, and Trump supporters said, oh, I was going to vote for president last time around. But, you know, look, he wasn't going to win California anyway. So I didn't vote. I didn't vote for him. I didn't vote for anybody. Or I just didn't vote for him. Well, let's think about this for a second. Why do you think she won the popular vote? She won the popular vote because people did not come out and vote, including you here in California. I still voted for him, right? I mean, look, out of the 17 Republicans at the time, my choice was somebody different. But when he became the nominee, all my chips were in because I knew how corrupt Hillary Clinton was. I had friends that had worked around her. Listen, I guess you either listen to the media or... You trust your gut or I just like her. What does that have to do with governing? I share that with you so it doesn't matter what you think California will do or not do. This go around between governor and senator and congressman or woman. You have to vote. You have to. Today they make it so simple. You can be illegal. You're not supposed to, but uh, nobody's checking. They check for an ID when I go cash a check. They, They check for an ID when I board an airplane. They check for an ID. Almost every single of important transaction in your life. Try to enter a federal building. They'll check ID. Try to buy uh, alcohol. They'll check ID. Buy cigarettes. They're going to check your ID. Try to vote. Most important decision men and women have died for. Doesn't matter. Have a thick accent. Barely speak English like my family. You should have to produce ID. They could. They would. They would prove themselves. And none of them. I asked him. I said, hey, you guys, you know, we have family that came from the Middle East. I said, would you guys be offended if somebody asked for ID if you went to go vote? They said, they looked at me silly. They said, what? No, back in our country when we voted, 
we had to produce ID. What's, what's the difference? Why wouldn't the United States want to protect its election? They can't figure it out. And so for enough of you, you have to get involved. Otherwise, nobody thinks about you. Nobody cares. And this is a big deal, okay? Please focus on that because this matters. Okay, I want to get into our pension systems because I expect this summer, this fall, you're going to have something on the ballot that will talk about pensions, but they will probably hide it. They're going to tax your property. So many of you that think Proposition 13, oh, I have Prop 13. It's not going to affect my taxes. Oh, I pro- they promised. Uh, wrong. Because look, technically, Proposition 13, yeah, fine, whatever. Oh, 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 but except it's not a, it's not a property tax. We're not going to take that. This is an assessment. Oh, what does that mean? Well, it still means money from your pocket goes to some bureaucrat government pocket. That's what it means. You can call it Bozo the Clown. I don't care what you call it. It leaves my pocket and goes somewhere else, and it's based on my home. And if I'm a senior that's on a fixed income, why do you think Proposition 13 was enacted? Because people that had their homes paid off that were senior citizens that were living on a fixed income were being forced to move. They would lose their home because there wasn't any regulation on what the crazy bureaucrats were doing. They were selling influence. They were buying things. They were giving money to union members so that they would turn around and vote for them so they could give them more money to donate to them in this circle. And they started passing these laws. And before you know it, our seniors were struggling. So they enacted Prop 13. They said, you can't force a senior out of their house because they can't pay property taxes. So we're going to regulate the property taxes. Well, that, I think, is about to change. If you don't get in and you don't vote some of this craziness down, and I promise you, it will come under the guise of sheep's clothing. It's for the schools. It's for schools. A wine, uh, uh, what is it? A mind is a terrible thing to waste. Don't help. These little children are never going to find this information anyplace else except their free phone, at free Wi-Fi, on free websites. Other than that, they need education. (laughs) You're like, okay, where's all the money going again? You need to ask. So if you are going to tax me, if you're going to take hundreds of dollars more out of my pocket every single year, maybe thousands for some of you, and it's for the children, no problem. Show me what you did with all the lotto money. And here's what they're going to do. Because they can't convince you, they cannot convince you to take money from your bank account, from your property taxes, and pay for the pension system that they've mismanaged. For government workers, for teachers, for administrators, the pension systems have just not been managed properly. I mean, it's not me telling you that. It's a math problem. I'll get to that in a minute. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to tell you it's for the children. So when you vote for this, they will take even more money out of the school budget. They're going to drop that money from the school budget and into the pension system for the teachers, into the pension system for the state workers, for the government workers, for police, for fire, for all of them. They're going to pull from the money that they just approved. Then they're going to replace it with the new taxes. That's what they did before over and over and over. 
They did it with the lotto. They did it with the gasoline tax. Why do you think you still have potholes? I mean, come on. We pay a dollar to a dollar fifty more per gallon of gas than most other places in the country. I've recently traveled to three different states. All of them, all of them are a dollar to a dollar fifty less per gallon. And they have wonderful roads. And all the policemen look like they were paid. And the firefighters look like they were paid. And the government workers are fine. Where's the money? Less homeless people on the street. Sometimes none. I didn't see any in one place. So the California Public Employee Retirement System, CalPERS. This is important you know this because this, and it's a little bit of math, so forgive the the class here for a second. But let's focus on this. In 2018, when the stock market did pretty darn well, it didn't do great. It did well, right? I mean, look, for some people, it could have done better. I get it. You know, let's not be sneaky about it. Sometimes it's good. So what did it do in 2018? Well, in 2018, we had some good years, good months. The end of the year was crummy, but you could have made some money in the, in the market. We're paying big manager fees. So what happened? They lost 3.5%. Now, that's important because if they lost money and you guys are still expecting a pension in your public employee retirement system, you need to ask yourself, uh, what are we paying for again? Because here's where it changed. For the longer term, CalPERS portfolio earned an annualized rate of return of 5.1% over five years. Now that means that they were shy 23% from what they tell everybody they were supposed to make. That's a big deal, you guys. Because who, which one of you want to make 23% less in your paycheck? Are you willing to? Because at the end of the year, they should have said, okay, guys, sorry, last year we messed up. Everybody should get a 23% pay cut. That's what should happen. But what would you do? Well, just put on TV and look at Paris, look at France, look at the big cities in that wonderful European country when they tried to make some changes to their retirement accounts, their retirement plans. Everybody rioted. Good people rioted. And not just today, but for eight weeks they rioted. I don't know what we're going to do here when suddenly they're going to tell you, hey, sorry, we don't have enough to pay for your Cal STRS, your teacher's pension. So, gosh, they must have done pretty well in 2019, right? 14, 15, 18, 20%. I don't know. They must have just totally annihilated it, right? Nope. 6.7% return. So, what does that tell me? Well, it tells me that even when things are good, they can't make it work. And when things are bad, they make it really bad. So over, uh, on a five-year period of time, over five years, a 5.8%. For 10 years, it's not bad, 9.1%. But you plan on being retired more than 10 years? Yeah. Okay, so what did they do for 20 years? 5.8. Now, this is a big deal because in your particular case, a 20-year period of time, they budgeted 
they're supposed to receive, they were expecting to receive 7.9 and they only received 5.8. So what does that mean for you and me if you're if you're a CalPERS recipient or you expect to be? Most likely they're going to have to give you a pay cut. Now you might say, no, 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 we have a contract. Okay, then the second thing is they're going to have to go to the employer, right? Your, your employer, the city, county, state, district, uh, whatever. And they're going to tell them, we need more money. Because right now, if you are a CalPER member, right? California Public Employee Retirement System. If you are expecting to receive a pension, right now they are about 70 percent of what you should actually receive. So, for example, today you're receiving a paycheck for $5,000. Reality is there's only $3,500 available. You, but Arif, I got a paycheck for 5000 Yeah, they borrowed the other 1500 from somewhere. They took out money. They did. There's only, only $3,500 of your 5000 pension that's real. The rest of that they're going to have to take from somebody else, from somewhere else at another time. Now, for many of you that are retired in your 60s or 70s, you're like, eh, I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. I worked. Well, you understand that it's not just the new employees that are going to be affected. I believe it's going to be you. 70%? You mean even in the best market, they couldn't even they couldn't even do okay? Nope. Sorry. Well, isn't that interesting? Well, at least the California teachers, right? CalSTRS, I mean, and that's got to be that's got to be better, right? Well, I don't know. Let's take a look. Because this is the big issue. The pension system for teachers, they have worked. They have already paid their price. They put money in. They sacrificed. They didn't get the uh, 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 day off, right? They, They gave up vacation days. They gave up pay raises. So that whatever the story was, they would get the answer done correctly. Well, until they kept mismanaging the system. So whatever happened to CalSTRS? Well, it's very simple. In the CalSTRS system, it's only 63%. 63%. That means if you're expecting $1,000 a month, you're only going to get 630 I mean, and by the way, you're not allowed to collect Social Security if you... If you happen to, to have both, they don't double dip. They don't give you both. So you have to consider this as an oops problem because somewhere out there, there's money that's missing. Maybe they paid these administrators too much money because if they're going to go through and give free, free education, we're going to give free education for two years, right? Community college, the California, we believe that we should give the first two years free for community college. Uh, no. Why would you do that? The teachers want to be paid. The janitor wants to be paid. The administrators want to be paid. The cafeteria workers want to be paid. Why are you going to get, well, Arif, we're going to take from you. So if you are a retiree and you're expecting to stay in the state of California, you're going to have much higher taxes Because they think by giving somebody something for free, they will value it. You and I both know that isn't true. 
I don't know why the politicians can't. Maybe they're trying to buy votes. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's tough to say, but maybe. Because if at the end of the story, you're telling me that by giving somebody free education, here's what they should do. Ready? If Arif was king for a day, here's what I would do. I would say, uh, if you want to go to Cal State Northridge or UC Irvine or UCLA or Cal State Los Angeles, whatever, I'm okay with that. Right? How they got this deal where, where if you finish in the top of your class, all of that's great. But you are required to attend a community college first. So I would make that. That's the way it goes. Get your general ed out of the way. Then you can transfer. You have to have a minimum degree. Because so many of these colleges and universities are doing remedial English, remedial math, trying to get you up to speed because many people, including honors folks, can't put together an English sentence. They can't write a proper 10-page paper. Their math skills are lacking. You know this. So they should require everybody go to a two-year school. In other words, our UC and Cal State system no longer are four-year universities, period. Expand our community colleges. Require people to pay. Oh, you want it free? No problem. Then you have to work 10 hours a week at the school, picking up trash, mowing lawns, trimming trees, working in the cafeteria. Listen, if you want it for free, then clean up, sweep, mow lawns. Do things that make the school better. And we will give you stuff for free. Work in the student store. Work in the library. I don't care. I think that's valuable to you. Therefore, you earned your education. Not because you are just uh, there, right? I breathe. I exist. Therefore, I should get. That's not the way it should work. The content of your character. Who you are as a person. The choices you can make. I don't think we should ever hate or like somebody because of something they cannot control. I can't control your last name, Biden, so I'm not going to give you a job. Prove it. I'm not going to hate you because you're a minority or give you benefits because you're a minority. Why would I do that? You can't control those things. Show me what you did with your free time. Show me what you did with your money. Show me the kind of person you are. Show me the grades that you got, the volunteer work, and on and on. Now we can talk. Why is that so controversial? Why is it because somebody thinks that we discriminated one way before, now we can discriminate again, and now we're going to discriminate to discriminate so that we can be bigots but racist, but on the good side of the bad side? They, they get you guys coming and going, and the moment you peep your head out, they use that R word, and you get back down in your shell. You need to have courage, because if you are expecting a pension, a CalPERS or a CalSTRS, or you are in the state of California or planning to stay in the state of California when you retire, you will be affected. There's no question. Your taxes are going to go up. You will get less of a benefit, in my opinion, because I think they're going to cut back the numbers. It's just me. right? For me, it's just a math problem. You can't do take from all of these people and expect at the end of the story... Look, uh, uh, let me give you a good example. A friend of mine worked in state legislature, and he said, Arif, we came with to a proposal. This was in the, in the big recession of 2008. Things were tough. So the proposal I put forward was to eliminate jobs in Caltrans. Okay, Caltrans, big organization, 
a behemoth organization. They do a lot of great works, bridges and engineers and pothole fillers, and, and they build freeways, amazing things. Remember in the earthquake in Los Angeles? Regulations were changed. They brought in private companies, right? Mayor Reardon and others. They brought in private organizations to work with Caltrans. And not only did they rebuild the freeway system that collapsed in California, they reinforced it. They fixed the roads in record time. Today, you can't get somebody to fill a pothole that everybody runs over. And yet we're paying enormously more in taxes today than we were back then. So what's the challenge? Did I say vote? Did I bring that up yet? Just just saying. Look, my firm, our job is simple. We try to keep your money. Uh, well, listen, this is what we do. We keep it safe. Uh, we get reasonable rates of return. I don't know. We try to get somewhere between three and six on average, sometimes more, sometimes less. Anybody who says, well, you know, if you work with this person, they're going to sell you that. If you go to a guy who does brakes, he's going to give you brakes. If you go to a transmission person, they're going to do transmission. Well, duh. Uh, uh, Yes. Why would I go to somebody who to fix, to take care of the rest of my life money? To make sure I never run out of money, to make sure that my accounts are strong with strong companies. Why would I go to somebody who does a little bit of this and a little bit of that? Halfway here, halfway there. Why, why would you do that? You don't say, listen, I'm taking the most precious things in my life, and it's not your retirement account, but your family, and we're going in this station wagon, and we're going in this minivan, and we're heading across the Rockies. And before you do that, you do what my parents used to do, which is you would take your car in, you'd get it fixed, right, or whatever else, to update this, check the hoses, check the timing belt, make sure I have new brakes, Make sure the tires are solid, oil change, right? You don't have the same person do everything, not if you could afford it, right? You might have Uncle Leo do half of it if if that's the way you were financially. But other than that, what did we do? A brake person, fix my brakes, check them out, make sure they're good. In fact, I want somebody that not only checks brakes Every day, every week, they do this all the time. I want it to be on the same make and model, if not this, you know, listen, American cars, American, European, uh, Japanese, I get it. But if I'm driving a Toyota, I want somebody who does foreign cars and Toyotas, and better yet, my make and model. That would be brilliant. Oh, yeah, Eric, if I work on that make and model between these two years, every week, every year, all the time. Do Do you think that person knows what they're doing? Or somebody says, oh, yeah, the last time I did, I worked on a Toyota of that model that uh, year, uh, it's probably in the last eight months, something like that. But man, can I put on windshield wipers? Let me tell you, I, I, we have the best windshield wipers ever. But while I'm at it, I'm going to check your brakes and your transmission. Why would you have somebody, when you worked your whole life, to accumulate your net worth, and that was the job, to build that account from very low to very high, fine. That is not the same person who's going to now protect it and grow it with reasonable rates of return. They're different people. They're not bad. One isn't bad. One isn't good. I never, I never said that. One isn't a decent and indecent. Forget it. They just have different specialties. You have a plumbing problem, you don't call an electrician. Even if they are the best darn electrician in town, they are different specialties. Our job is income. 
It's protecting your, getting reasonable rates of return, growing your wealth. Slow and steady wins the race. That's my job. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. It's trying to focus on what you want without compromising, right? People will say, oh, well, Arif, you didn't get 12%, 15% returns. You're right. I got 6.9. Oh, Arif, your accounts didn't get, you're right. We average between three and six. Some years we do really well. We might get 10s and 12s or 15s even. And some years we might get zero. Yep. The worst conversation I'm ever going to have is your account and all of the interest that you earned before, whatever you put in and all the years of interest are still there. You'll never run out of money. And that's a big deal. Because for most of you, the concern that I have is that you're going to live too long and run out of money. If you're counting on CalSTRS or CalPERS, you have to have in the back of your mind that there's a challenge. Right now, there's for sure a challenge, but can they have enough money to make it work? Is there enough money to fund this? I don't know. Right now, the answer is heck no. So what they're doing is they're going to the employers and they're saying, hey, guys, city, county, state, library, start paying more money. Now, how does the city of Los Angeles, the county of San Bernardino, the city of Anaheim, how do they make money? Well, it's simple. They tax you. Well, wasn't that what Arif was just talking about? Yep. You see, they don't make a product for a dollar and sell it for $2. They tax you. And they're going to have to cut benefits or raise taxes to record levels. Eventually, something will give. So just plan on living on 60 70% of that money, and I think you're going to be okay. If you can't afford to do that, you need an income strategy, and maybe I can help. 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thanks for being with me. The Total Financial Hour on AM870, The Answer. <laughs> 